Can we thank our seventh graders for their help today? It's kind of a big deal. I know when I was in seventh grade, I didn't want to stand in front of 200 people. So we're very grateful. Um, if you're watching The Chosen, or if you've been kind of following a little bit in The Chosen, season two, which we're on season three. So season two, the finale, the episode eight, was kind of a beautiful portrayal of Jesus preparing the Sermon on the Mount, which we've been reading the last couple of days and today as well. And they put Matthew, which is why it's the Gospel according to Matthew. They put Matthew with Jesus, like, really, just like any one of us. Like, Lord, like the Beatitudes last weekend, I don't get it. What are you trying to say? Lord, this thing of salt, like, I, what's, what does that have to do with being a follower of you? I don't, I don't get it. So it's nice to have someone asking questions for us. And I'd like to just kind of share, we'll go into this, but understanding our Lord's image today. He's making a reference to this idea of, of light on a lampstand in darkness and then flavor through salt in some sort of bland, blandness, some sort of thing that needs flavor, some sort of thing that's missing flavor. So we think about it, and obviously our Lord is not being literal. Like, you are the light of the world. One day there will be a Thomas Edison who will bring electricity to the whole world, and there will be light for the whole... That's not what he's talking about. He's not being literal. There's a deeper level that he's on, trying to get us to go down to. And notice he doesn't say, you are the light of Jerusalem. No, it's of the world, the whole world. Whatever he's doing is not just meant for a few Jewish people. It's not just meant for Catholics or Christians. It's meant for the whole world. I want to focus for a moment on the first point, just considering what is the darkness he's talking about? Again, not a lack of electricity. What is the darkness he's focused on? There is a darkness very much present in our world. And we see evidence of it with every time we either read the news or even look at our own hearts. The fact that I still struggle with sins. I still struggle with the niceness towards my parents, towards my spouse, towards my friends. Like, there's a, there's a brokenness there, there's a darkness. There's a moment when I try to hide things that I've done because I'm ashamed of them. That darkness is very real in our personal lives. But in a world too, like look at the headlines, you've got so many ideologies and so much division and confusion. Whose idea is the right one? Where do we go? Is there any right? Does it matter? There's violence, there's drugs, there's issues, even after Ida when people still can't get their basic needs. And this is a first world country. There's a high murder rate, there's bullying in our schools, there's anxiety among adults, and anxiety among kids. Kids are supposed to be like happy-go-lucky because they don't have a care, and yet they're full of concerns and stress. I was actually Googling um, school shootings in 2022. 52 in one year, 12 months. That's like on average four a month in a first world country. And the suicide rate in this country, 1.2 million attempted efforts. What is that? We have everything, people. We've got, we've got money, look on TV. You've got Hollywood with all their billions. You've got football stars with their millions. You've got priests with their millions. Wait, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> one day, one day. Just kidding. Don't quit my day job. Okay, so, um, but it's, it's obvious, right? Our politicians and all like like, Oh my gosh, like, there's no shortage of money, of luxury, of technology. Almost everyone in First World America above a certain age has a cell phone in their hands with access to almost everything you could want. And yet what? The darkness persists. The darkness is very real, it's very now, it's not a thing of the past. 
We've got so much technology, luxury, politics, sports, entertainment, and yet we know that whatever that is, that's not the light because it's not solving anything. I was sharing with some teachers, they were sharing with me that recently teachers had to go on a training, which we did years ago again, they do it every so often, the, the active shooter training. Like as if the policy, which fair enough, but there's so many policies, as if policy, policies are going to solve the problem. Policies only confirm that there is a problem, a deep problem. Economic policies, political policies, whatever. Society today tries to face it if they can. Sometimes you hear society say, well, I mean, really, the world's always been this way. It always will be this way. We just didn't know about it because we didn't have the means of communication that we have today. But the world's always been this bad. Really? Is that, does that answer the, the craving of the heart? They often say, too, like, if we could just get rid of judging and this idea that someone has the truth and the light and everyone else might be, be able to learn from them, if we just change that for tolerance for every idea and every person, well, we would be just fine. That would solve all the problems. I think that's also kind of shallow. The first point that it's always been this way, always will be this way. Look, one thing the human heart knows is that it's not okay with these things. Why do you complain when you're bullied? Except that something inside you knows you were never supposed to be treated that way. What tells you that? When it's such, so common, so normal, that it's almost the norm. It may be the norm, but that doesn't make it natural. It wasn't supposed to be this way. We were made for light, not for darkness. And our hearts know it. Sorry, distracted, but um, Moana, right? Everything you ever needed to know about your faith is in Moana, okay? So Moana, like the whole idea of these problems that are starting to happen in her, on her island. And like, right, the coconuts are going, are spoiling. So economic policy number one, change and go look for coconuts on the other trees on the other field over there. That's not going to work. Oh, there's no fish in the sea. Well, okay, try fishing over there. Change the economic policy over here. That'll solve the problem. No, it won't because the problem is much deeper, much deeper than that. And Moana is like, always like, the sea is calling me to go beyond the reef, beyond the horizontal, the, the imminent solutions. These are not the solutions because the problem is deeper. It's transcendent. It's out there insofar as like it's, it's something on a different level. And yet she keeps hearing these messages, everything you need, happiness is right here where you are. It's not. The solutions are not here. They're not worldly solutions. Because the problems are much deeper problems, problems of the heart. We are made for flavor, not blandness, not a world without meaning, but rather we are made for meaning, for mission, for purpose. And we know it, our hearts know it. We're not okay with mediocrity and meaninglessness. Christ, on the contrary, he goes right there. He addresses the darkness. In fact, he offers what seems to be a way out of it. He knows what it is. He knows what the human heart is. He knows where the darkness comes from. What's interesting, he says, he knows, yes, the world needs flavor and light. Sometimes we look at God today and we say, if there were a God, why, would he, why wouldn't he do something? God, why don't you do something about all this? You know, there's a song, right? God, why don't you do something? And the refrain is, I think, I did. I made you. So yes, absolutely, God himself gave his only beloved son 
gave his life to be light for the world. And yet, our Lord hasn't stopped calling each one of us. Notice our, our faith, our religion, our experience of God is not God coming to us, Jesus saying, I got this, don't worry, you guys would just mess it up anyway, I'll do it myself. That's not the gospel. As the Father has sent me, so I now do the craziest thing ever. I send you. Who, me with my sins and my struggles and my doubts and my inconsistencies and my laziness and my selfishness? Yes, that one. Wait, the one in the mirror? The one at school who's not the popular kid? Or who is the popular kid? I gotta lose all my social status and talk about... Wait, you? Me? Yes, that one. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. The weight that was and is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, He has chosen to share to you and to me. Carry that light. Now there's a problem. He doesn't hide it from us, right? The light can go out, can be buried under a bushel basket, whatever that means. We'll talk about that maybe. The salt can lose its flavor. But if it does, remember, salt's what seasons everything. If salt loses its flavor, I got nothing. It's useless. That means when Jesus sends you and me to be like him, to carry his gifts into a world full of darkness and moral decay, it means you can't be the same as the world around you. You can't just fit in. You can neither be a conformist and go where everyone else is going, nor can you just try to be like the non-conformist and just be different for the sake of being different and fit in over there with that crowd. You come bringing something unique, a light for the world that's constantly between one extreme and the other extreme. You come bringing something. Something was given to us to carry. If your life and your family values and your personal goals and your expectations are no different from those around you, if your sins, your attitude towards the church, your love or lack thereof, if your marriage is just like everyone else's, your lack of integrity, just like the politics around us, your lack of generosity, your abundance of gossip, your abundance of anxiety, of comparisons, of all that stuff, if it's just like everyone else, if your reaction to evil is just to complain and whine, but then do nothing about it, who are you? Because something was lost. If salt loses its flavor, with what can it be seasoned? The difference we're called to carry is real. You might hear me saying, like, oh my gosh, now there's a whole bunch of pressure on you and on me that we have to be perfect, we have to get everything right, like we have to be the light to save the whole world. Well, we do need to work on that, but I like a little distinction that Jesus, Jesus shared to us that um, he talks about the light. He says, don't put it under the bushel basket. A light is made to be set on what? A lampstand. So just to qualify, technically speaking, okay, Jesus is the light of the world, but you and I are the lampstand. And he sets himself upon you to shine. It's almost like those two go together. You never have pure light by itself. Light has to light something else to shine. The flame has to be on something that's burning. Lampstand, if you like the image of a candle, that's actually appropriate. The idea of that candle, the wax, just we, we give ourselves, offering our gifts and talents and even our shortcomings 
to Him. And as it melts and time passes and our gift is given more and more, His light shines more brightly through us. That's how that works. Holy communion, that word communion, communion of the light with the lampstand. When you come to receive the sacrament, like, it's like God, the light trying to set aflame the wick of my heart, your heart, my mind, your mind. Holy communion. So that when people see the lampstand, they see the light shining brightly from it. Communion is real. The two became one. The light with the lampstand, the light with the candle. God with you and me. The communion of my mind and my heart with his way, truth, and life in the church. So the pressure is on him. He's the light. You're just the lampstand, but be the lampstand. Be everything you can be to allow that light to shine brighter through you. It doesn't mean you be a conformist nor a nonconformist, one extreme or the other. Be you, but be the you united to Christ, who he's calling you to be, with all of his light and strength and grace flowing through you in a bland, flavorless, dark world. Some people see the church like, oh, I don't like the church. It's got this, it's got that, it's got the politics, it's got the corruption, it's got, I don't know if I like the music, I don't know if I like the preaching, Father talks forever. I'm just leaving the church. I don't like that lampstand in my archdiocese. I'm just going to do away with it. Well, don't forget, that's where the light is. You don't come for the lampstand. You come for the light. You come to be nourished on that light of Christ. That's why even in the second reading that Adrianus read so well, like, St. Paul doesn't boast about himself. Look at this awesome lampstand, guys! I'm the best lampstand ever! Hashtag! I came in weakness. I didn't have any great words or philosophy. I came with my own stuff. I go to confession once every two or three weeks too. We're broken. We carry, St. Paul says, the treasures of heaven in vessels of clay, like easily broken vessels of clay. You think you're better than me? Christian, Catholic, Father, you think you're better than all of us? No, it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. But as that lampstand, with our stains and everything else, we are called to plug into Him, to be more a channel through which He can flow freely, unimpeded. So therefore we choose, we, we draw near to opportunities to encounter Him. And I'll leave off with this, like, let's talk about, like, like yes, Jesus the light, you and me, the church is the lampstand. What does it mean to be a parish? What is a parish community? What is a church? This gathering. And we said this before, and actually we posted this morning a reminder, like the vision, the, the pillars. The, if you're in the parish long enough, you're supposed to see that light in you becoming brighter. Certain things in your life are a little different. And I want to say it's, 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 that, it's that vehicle that, that, that it mobilizes so many talents and opportunities and resources. Look, it's not that Jesus took you little birthday candle and said, okay, you all by yourself, you little candle, now you go save the world. You by yourself and me by myself, like, what could we do? And yet he doesn't do that. He gathers so much, so many torches into one huge worldwide, which is what the word Catholic means, universal church to be that lampstand that literally reaches the entire world. Not just Luling, the entire world. 
Be a part of something that's greater than yourself. And see the impact that your little offering of yourself and your talents can reach the entire world. The parish, that, that church community is, is called to bring us together. There's one here, there's a sister church right down the road. They work together to bring that light more brightly, more abundantly. And it's an interesting dynamic. Think about the, um, the, 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 the parable Jesus tells of the virgins, the five wise ones, the five foolish ones. They were supposed to keep their lamps burning brightly, but they needed to keep stocked up on oil, lest their light go out. Again, don't let your light go out. Don't let it be buried under a bushel basket. Don't lose it. So the church dynamic is both a receiving of the light, myself, re-receiving, refueling, refilling, which is why we have the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. That's why you, you go back to confession to restore what some of our sins maybe have kind of corroded in our hearts. We have faith formation nights. We have PSR. What is PSR? Well, it's something I do because I have to because I'm Catholic. Check. No, it's supposed to be like that, that fueling of your mind to be able to transmit the light better. And where it's falling short, we can make it better, but it's supposed to be that that equipping of our minds to be able to more smoothly, easily, and engagingly preach the gospel, bring that light to our brothers and sisters with a convincing witness. Couples nights. There was one last night at St. Anthony. What's it for? I don't know. I was too busy. I had a basketball game to go to. What? Who are you and what are you here for? What is your marriage for? Well, it's a partnership. We get tax benefits. That's not what your marriage is for. All these opportunities, by the way, after Mass today, we have the um, catechism in a year discussion across the way. That's why Father Mike Schmitz is doing that, because the, the, the lampstand of, of our, our brothers and sisters, and sometimes ourselves, we don't necessarily know what we stand for. So we do need to be rediscovering the teachings that God gave us. So it's a refueling mind and heart, body, soul, prayer, staying near the tabernacle, right? Jesus is always right there. And you can stand in front of the fire of his love and be warmed by that again. Be rekindled when your light might start to be going out because of the stress of the world. And then being refueled, the dynamic continues. You go out, you bring it out there. Guys, what's the bulletin for? It's something that you burn in your fire because it burns really well. My, my niece, actually, my four-year-old niece, well, actually, my sister, but anyway, gave me a t-shirt. It says, it says, it's in the bulletin. It's been there for weeks. <laughs> anyway, it's because we struggle to get the word out. But that's the whole point. The bulletin, emails, flock note, text messages, robocalls, whatever. It's to help get the light beyond the obstacles that are keeping people out there in the darkness from knowing what's going on and being able to be lit by what's going on. Live in the right way. Anyway, our Lord offers us these gifts. When you see something on Facebook that the church is offering, don't flip by it. Like it. Maybe even share it. That's the whole nature of being the light. To bring it to someone else. To send it beyond the borders of Holy Family property. There's so much here for us. I want to say that, like, what is, what is Holy Family, right? This is such an awesome community. There's so much, again, right in this ruling area, there's so much potential. It's tremendous potential. But take a moment, look around you. 
Literally, there's a lot of empty spaces here. I mean, it's not totally empty. Thank you all so much for being here. Seventh graders, especially thank you all for coming today. But there's a lot of empty spaces. When's the last time I invited someone else to join me? Of all things, for Mass, for confession, for prayer group, for study group. Wait, that would mean talking about my faith in public. You're not supposed to do that. No, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Jesus did all day, every day, that flooded his heart and his mind. He was so zealous to bring the light to you and to me and to make sure it would reach you and me. He secured that. It cost him everything to give you what he gave you. What's that line from Star Wars, Return of the Jedi? Many died to give us this information. I don't know, sorry, random. But God, at great cost to himself, wanted you to have this. When you receive communion, don't squander that. It cost him everything. Don't bury it under the bushel basket of your fears, your anxieties, your cowardice, what people will think of me. Who cares what people think of you? Care what he can do through you. We hear so often, I don't know, Father, I'm, I'm too old. But Father, I'm too busy. I mean, I know there's confession being offered for my kids, but we got so much going on. We got all these other commitments going on. Like, I don't know if we'll be able to make it. It's about what we choose. What is church stuff? Too much church stuff. I do the Sunday thing, there's too many other church things on the week. What is it for? Who are you and what is it for? Lord, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be some sort of radical, weird, fanatical Christian or Catholic, and I haven't killed anybody. So I'm content right here in the middle. Just kind of tepid, mediocre. That's good for me. If you've ever been in a freezing cold, I don't know, camp out or sitting on your front trying to get the, the, the fire pit to light, and it's just a mediocre fire in a freezing night, and you're constantly blowing on it trying to keep it alive because it keeps going dimmer and dimmer, and you're like, no, stay alive, stay alive. It's the worst kind of fire. No one likes a mediocre fire because you expect it to be warm, and it's just not. It looks like it should be warm, but it's not. Our Lord's like, I'm trying to light you. I'm trying to set ablaze your hearts, your minds. Not just for you. It's supposed to reach a lot of other people through you. Why don't you light? Why can't I work through you? What is blocking God's flame from enkindling on the wick of your heart, the lampstand of your life? What fears, what sins, what comparisons, what doubts? I don't know, I'll just leave it at that. But just ask the Holy Spirit to, to he's called the Spirit, that word in, Jew, in Hebrew, it's, it's actually a loaded word, but like it's wind of God. God's wind to fan to flame. The light that was enkindled in my heart in my baptism. Don't let it go out. Ask God, give him permission to blow in that light, that flame, to fan it to life. Bright life. A hot blaze that others can come to because they see it in me and they receive it through me. Yes, His light, but through me. We ask the Holy Spirit to remind us who we are. In my personal life, who is my marriage? What is that about? What is my family for? Our community, our parish. And again, Holy Communion. When I come before our Lord, offering Him all my stuff. And the priest says, the body of Christ 
and I receive it with a big, full, life-loaded Amen. There should be a spark. There should be something of Him touching something of me, and that light becoming brighter when I leave. And the way I think, the way I speak, the way I deal with God Himself, the way I deal with my brothers and sisters, that the world would see the light more brightly in me and through me. St. Catherine of Siena had this famous line, Christian, if you are what you should be, you will set the whole world ablaze. And doesn't our world need a little more light? Amen.